Daquana Farrell, the host of Queen Conversations. I'm excited about the month of October for so, so, so many reasons. But one of the reasons is that I have some amazing guests that are coming to Queen Conversations this month. Um, one in particular who is near and dear to my heart, uh, my guest for today, who is an amazing person. I want to go ahead and introduce uh, Felicia L. Poe, who is the founder of the I Love You Movement, LLC. She is passionate about rekindling the flame of purpose by serving survivors of suicide ideation and suicide attempts. From experience, she recalls how the light of purpose was dim after multiple attempts to end her own life. She provides a value, valuable resource that she prayed for but was not available to her in her younger years. She is actively involved in serving her community. She serves as an ordained elder, assistant pastor, and has worked as a sexual assault victims advocate, a first responder to assaulted survivors. Additionally, she is founding partner of the international event Mental Health Action Day, powered by MTV Entertainment Group and annual host of the campaign National Hugging Day. Um, she has a degree, a bachelor's degree in psychology and a master's of art degree from Theolo United Theological Seminary, where her thesis focused on the church's response to unnatural disaster of suicide and its answer to the community affected. She is a professor and she's teaching emotional and spiritual health. She is the mother of the beautiful Bailey, who she affectionately calls Bailey Girl. And she is a proud member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Y'all better help me welcome my friend, uh, the amazing Felicia L. Paul. Felicia! Hi. Hello, hello, hello. I'm here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it's a pleasure. I'm so glad that you're here. And I'm so glad that you're sharing this platform with me. Um, so many amazing things that we have to talk about. But before we talk about them, I got to do this or that. I had to get a bit to this or that. So okay. tell me, television series or movie? Television series. I go okay. to sleep on movies. Every time. <laughs> it doesn't <play. laughs> right. We need those 30 to 45 minute episodes. That's it. That's all I have. Too, right? <laughs> so delivery or sit down restaurant? <laughs> Deliver it to me. Comfy <laughs> oh, PJs. I'm feeling it. Um, yes. Pancakes or waffles? This is critical. I'm a foodie. I don't eat breakfast that often. Okay, okay. But if you had to. <laughs> but if I had to, mm, I'm going to do that waffle because the syrup goes inside. Yes, the little, little, little pockets of sweetness. <laughs> and you could always pair it with chicken. Chicken and waffles. Yeah. Now that enough. is delightful. Now eat always that for, for dinner. Absolutely. Or breakfast. Or breakfast. Yes. <laughs> shopping in store or shopping online? Both. Give me both. 
Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I have to choose a this or that. You're a shopper, period. I, I, I'm a I shopper, assume. period. I okay. am. <laughs> so you'll take but both, I'm but it's had to pick I like one. the store. You I like actually the store, like the right? store. Yeah, you can I like try one. It's a whole experience, mm -hmm. right? It's the whole thing. All right. Staycation or vacation? I would rather do, honestly, a staycation. That's good. You like just me. pull away, unplug, and yeah. just stay around. Nobody knows I'm chilling. <laughs> I like that. be one with myself. I know. I love it. I'm a, I'm a homebody too, so I love it. Yeah. Spring or fall? Fall, absolutely. Love this where oh. we are. <laughs> we are in heaven right now in Ohio. Yes. It's fall, y'all. <laughs> it's beautiful, and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Absolutely. I love it. Yeah. And then finally, the question I have to ask everybody: Apple or Android? Child, Apple, oh day. I need to see the blue. I've got to talk <laughs> to you in blue. <laughs> Thank you, Felicia, for being a good sport with the this or that. So, yeah. Again, so glad to have you on this platform. And you are uh, an advocate for a very sensitive yet important cause um, pertaining to mental health. And I want you to talk about um, you you do not shy away from sharing your testimony pertaining to suicide attempts. And I want you to talk about when it is that those ideas enter to your mind and mm -hmm. the, the process by which you got to that point. I want to talk about that. I really do. Yes. Um, I have to start off with that by saying that I first was introduced to the word, I think it was fifth grade. Actually, it was my fourth grade year, but it was from a person in the fifth grade that actually had taken his life, a fifth mm -hmm. grader. They were coming in to do some crisis recovery, counseling, crisis management with all the students in my elementary school for the fifth grader that had taken his life. And they were using the word suicide. And I was like, wow, what is that? What is that? Then when they started explaining it, I said, oh, that's what I've been doing all this time. Wow. And I had been a pattern, unfortunately, of wanting to end my life very early on. Mm -hmm. um, I remember it was about, uh, as I was growing up, I actually just wanted the touch of people. My, my mother was what I craved the most. Um, and growing up when my mother passed at the age of seven, uh, moving forward and matriculating through life, I really just struggled not having her care, not having her compassion, not having her touch. Mm -hmm. And therefore, as I got older in that struggle, unfortunately, I couldn't fight those demons by myself. And unfortunately, those demons were trying to win. Um, I recall on my sixth attempt, mm -hmm. uh, I ended up being hospitalized for it over a holiday weekend. And my family actually spent the 4th of July with me in the hospital with me actually on lockdown to for my attempt. Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. So I, I dealt with it for quite a long time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so let me ask you a question. Uh, were those attempts, the, so those were attempts following the loss of your mother? Yes. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. okay. Yes. And now my final attempt, and we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Okay. Yes. Okay. So that, that's what prompted it. Mm -hmm. And what were, if there were any resources that you had, were there any people that you felt like you could 
talked to? Or did you come from an environment where, hey, you don't put your business out there and uh, and tell me the environment that you that that you were existing in uh, sure. where you felt like uh, possibly you didn't have the help or the resources that you needed. Yes. And I think you said something very important and operative to our community. You don't talk about what's going on in your house. Mm -hmm. Well, as a child interpreting that, this is my house. Mm -hmm. I don't talk about what's going on internally either. Mm, that's a good so way to think about it. That's where I was, you know, mm -hmm. unfortunately. And so being someone that was very family oriented as at a very young age, after losing our mom, I kind of put in put myself in that, you know, position to really support my family in various ways um, in that in that role. And therefore I had to be strong. I had to be big. I had to be grown. I had to be mm -hmm mature. And also I had to not have these thoughts come out because it'll hurt them. Mm. So I have to be strong and not communicate what's actually going on. So with that being the, with that being the case, unfortunately, um, on my attempt that I ended up in the hospital, I did reach out to a family member, but it was after the belt was around my neck so tightly mm. that I actually had lost oxygen. Mm. Um, I had thrown my device, my belt, I had thrown my device uh, away and I called her because she had called the paramedics, the police, et cetera. And when they got there, they, you know, were asking their questions to try to identify the situation and the issue. Uh, and even then with tears in my eyes and blood, you know, my eyes almost budge, bulging and the prints around my neck, I said, nothing's wrong. Mm. I'm fine. All is well, you know. Mm -hmm. So the stigma even in our communities about talking what hurts us, what talking about what is critical to any child, to any person, to any adult is crucial. We have such a stigma surrounding in our Black communities uh, suicide. But how do we prevent it if we never mm -hmm. discuss it? Right. So I hear you say you internalized mm -hmm. the pressure of being what everyone needed absolutely to the extent that you were reckless really with yourself. I, um, I would agree with that. You were trying to, you were trying to make sure everyone was, uh, everyone else was okay. But, mm -hmm. and then, and then this interesting, interesting concept of, you know, keeping it in, keep mm -hmm. it within your house. Mm -hmm. Um, what 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 were I mean and and we grew we grew up in like the eighties nineties mm -hmm. mm -hmm. and uh you know things are a little different now in terms mm -hmm. of people, their willingness to speak out about mental Correct. health issues. Correct. Um, do you feel like um within your church community, any of the communities that you were a part of, uh, was that was mental health something that we talked about, or was it? <laughs> The expectation that you just are well. You know, I think the expectation was if you're saved, you got Jesus and that's all you need. Mm. That was the expectations, the expectations, because I did, I think on one occasion, reach out to someone and I was told I was going to hell. Jesus. And that was the catalyst, unfortunately, and fortunately for me not taking my life, mm -hmm. but it wasn't theological. Right. Not only that, okay, I'm living in hell on earth mm. 
glad that I made the decision to go ahead and live. Mm. Because some people say, okay, well, if I'm living on hell on earth, it can't be much worse. So let me go ahead and follow through. So that can't be our response. And that was actually what my dissertation was about with answering those questions on how we can reprogram, reteach, and, and, and move the church in a direction where we're actually helping people get the help that they need. Mm-hmm. Because one thing about it, and I, I'm getting off on a tangent here. Go on a tangent. Let's go. <laughs> Amen. Um, is that the church is supposed to offer hope. Mm-hmm. But what a therapist does is they offer ways to cope. Mm. The thing is, is that if someone is so bogged down in their mind, they are not going to be able even receive to even be able to receive what you're trying to tell them in the spirit because yeah. there's so much chaos and fogginess and uh, criticalness of self and um, cognitive dissonance and so mm-hmm. many things that are going on on the inside that until we break away from those things that are tearing us away from the reality of who we are, which goes about to that dimming of why we decide to die, mm-hmm. guess what? The spirit is going to have trouble. Not to say he can't, but mm-hmm. he's going to have trouble getting in, That's talking it. to us, massaging our heart, mm-hmm. reminding us we're important, reminding us that we're loved by him mm-hmm. so that we can come and be rescued from the fog. But it takes a cooperation of a mental health provider as well as someone within the church to help us see that we still have light, we still have life. And because God is the light and he is the light, help help me help me find the way. Mm. Help me find the way. If that's to a mental health provider that'll give me a little pill, amen. Mm-hmm. Because now I can start moving in life again with victory and overcoming by the blood of the lamb and by the power of my testimony because mm-hmm. I'm still here. Wow. So let me let me dive into this because I got to dive into this. Sure, please. So how old were you when you spoke to someone that you felt was a trusted resource in your community um, that the response to your struggle and your challenge mm-hmm. was, well, if you struggle with those thoughts, then you're going to hell. How old were you? I was 12 years old. 12 years old. My goodness. And and did that in any way deter you from Christ or church in that period of time? Honestly, it did not. Mm-hmm. It did not. Um, it it didn't, no. But what it did do is it scared me. Mm. You know, it scared me back to a space, but it's, you know, but it wasn't healthy. It wasn't healthy. Yeah, it was toxic in nature. It was toxic, absolutely. Because I still didn't get the help that I needed because it was that next attempt that I ended up in the hospital. Wow, wow. Mm And so there there was a lot. I mean, you said a lot, honey. You said, you said you you really did. And what I love, I got to say this again. Mm -hmm. Christ offers us hope, Mm -hmm. but allows professionals to be there to help us to cope. And I like that because we, we are spiritual beings, but we are also earthly beings. And so we have we have to function within this duality mm-hmm. uh, in a way and, and and we have to in a healthy way yes. see both of them right that's, right. that's and so correct. and so after your your closer to your your final attempt mm-hmm. uh, you would say what is it that shifted mm, perfect what? question <laughs> <laughs> perfect question because that's actually what i love you the movement was birthed from 
Mm. Um, what shifted was I was I was telling God, this is it. I had my letter written to my family. I had given things away that they didn't think were significant to me, but for me, they were. Mm. Um, that's one of those things, sidebar, that you do look out for. Look out for people that are giving away treasures, yeah. giving away things that you do know are important to them mm-hmm. because what they're doing and they're sending a symbol and giving you a symbol of remembrance. Wow. That's they're giving point. you something that remember me by this mm-hmm. item because you know it's special to me. Uh, but coming back around to your question, um, what it was, was I was crying out to God, God, again, it, it went back to touch. It went back to touch it all. It stayed with me needing touch. And so it was like, God, um, I'm not getting it here. Um, but I do believe if I go to heaven, my mother will give me a hug. Mm. I do believe you'll welcome me. So what I'm going to do is we're going to follow through with this and unlive myself. I had my plan, like I said, written out. And I also had letters to my family written out. And Um, The thing about it was I was in the hallway of my high school. I was a senior Mm -hmm. in high school. And excuse me, I remember closing my locker for the last time and intentionally recording that sound because I love school. Again, goes back to memories and reminding yourself of the Mm -hmm. things you love because that's what you want to have on your mind. You know, and so I I recorded that sound. And anytime I tell this story, I still hear my locker slamming. Mm. I remember after slamming my locker, because that was my last sound I intended to hear, was I received a hug from out of nowhere. Wow. And it was that hug. I was like, okay, I asked for a hug. I got the hug. What's we going to do now? What now? What now? But as I moved throughout the next several moments, minutes, and hours, the Holy Spirit then started touching me. He said, I answered your prayer. I answered you. So please just listen to me. And that's when he just started massaging my heart. I can't tell Mm -hmm. you everything that happened because some of that is just very personal, but, Mm -hmm. you know, but he massaged my heart, Mm -hmm. massaged my thoughts. I read my letter and that was the, that was the change in the trajectory of my life in dealing with wanting to unlive myself. Mm. So that was, yes, ma'am. And so from that point in time, then, and and I want to talk about the birth of uh, I love you movement because I think it's phenomenal. And, you know, in a day and time where people really consume with their self, Mm-hmm. and the, the circumstances of their life. I love the mission of considering others, kindness toward others, uh, and and consideration for other people's emotional and spiritual well-being. So I want to dive into that. Talk about the birth of I Love You movement. I think you had that uh, Paul, Paul on the road, Saul on the road of Damascus oh, moment yeah. in the hallway at high school at the locker. Yeah. Um, but I want to talk okay. about, <laughs> but I want to talk about, you know, the scales coming off your eyes and you being commissioned to this work. I want to talk about that. Yes. Well, actually, you know, probably about a year or two after some healing happened, mm-hmm. um, the Holy Spirit said, you received that hug to live. Now I need you to start hugging folks to live too. Mm. It was as simple as that. And so for the last 22 going on 23 years, 
that's all I that's all I love you. The mission is is mm-hmm. I love you. It's passing out hugs and saying I love you in the case that someone needs that moment of touch. Wow. That's I love you. The movement is very simple. It's hey, may I give you a hug? Yes, I may. I love you. It's hey, may I give you a hug? No, you can't. Well, please know that you're loved, and it's moving on. You know, it's that simple. Yes, mm-hmm. ma'am. And that's, that's amazing. Simple. <laughs> that's it. That is, that is, I mean, it is simple. It is simple, but it's meaningful. Yes, because yes. like you said, so many people do not have that. Yes, touch, it is. yes. That touch that human touch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, talk about the collaboration with MTV and how that all came about. Ooh, how did it come about? That's a funny story. Instagram is so funny. And I was scrolling through Instagram one day and there was the advertisement for us for mental health uh, 501c3s and organizations and persons like myself to get involved and connected with what's now called Mental Health Action Day. And when I looked at when I finally saw the commercial for it, the is it called a commercial? What is it called on the Instagram? Yeah. See, when, I was just about to say, like, I can't believe you were on Instagram. That's the first thing. Oh, you already know. You already know. <laughs> when you saw the promo, let's say promo. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> ah, yes. When I saw the promo, scroll across my screen, I went past it, and it came again. The mm-hmm. thing was, I was already two days late. And I was like, well, there's nothing I can do. The Holy Spirit said, yes, there is something you can do. You can apply. Mm. I said, well, God, I'm two days late. So I passed it again. It came up five minutes later. Holy Spirit said, do it now. I applied and came back 24 hours later and said, you are absolutely accepted. And you are now amongst the 500 organizations that are spearheading and founding one of the founding partners of the Mental Health Action Day for the world. It's an international organization with groups such as Kate Spade, Chipotle. Um, It's empowered by MTV. Um, We have organizations, the Boys and Girls Club. I mean, you name it. There are uh, the collaboration has grown so much and so quickly just because people see the need for mental health services and or uh, services, resources, and just a moment of time where people stop and think about the uh, the 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 choice of dealing with mental with the mental health. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I want to and I want to talk about uh, I want to talk about this because we talked about this briefly, but I don't want to mm-hmm. I don't want to I want to give it due diligence okay. about the need for both Jesus and therapy mm-hmm. and what what that journey through therapy allows us to discover about us and how it allows us to help, it helps us to navigate. So I want to talk about that. I do want to lean in on that because I think that is so critical for us. There, there, I mean, obviously there are barriers in our community, financial Mm -hmm. barriers, uh, the stigma, the shame that comes with it. Mm -hmm. But I really want to talk about the importance of being able to actually talk to somebody and what that does. Yes. Um, I was just telling somebody not too long ago, first of all, you can't, it's, it's hard. I can't say you can't, but it's difficult to heal in the place that you were injured. Mm. And with that being the case, if you're injured here and you're trying to heal here without some type of outlet, 
Mm-hmm. It's going to stay here. The toxins of your body, of your mm-hmm. mind are going to continue to just recycle. Mm-hmm. The thoughts are just recycling. The things that happen, the um, the 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 things that are needing to, it's just like uh, perspiring when you're working out. That's what talking does. Mm-hmm. Uh, perspiring when you're working out gets the toxins out. Mm-hmm. Therapy, talking gets the toxins out. That's a good analogy. Yes. And it allows you to get the healthy stuff in. Mm-hmm. Also, what therapy does is it allows you to talk to someone who's very neutral, unbiased, mm-hmm. unbiased as well, but it allows them to help you unpack the things that are hidden deep so that you can start living a fulfilling life with others. What Mm -hmm. happens is say you're hurt in one relationship, you carry that baggage and burden to the next relationship Mm -hmm. or healed. That person hurts you, take that burden and that baggage to the next relationship. Mm -hmm. You're not healed. And what starts to happen is all of that stuff starts to compile. All of that Mm -hmm. stuff starts to become heavy. And Mm -hmm. now you're like, well, why can't I have good, healthy relationships? Well, because you're taking all this stuff from your past into your present, trying to get into your future. Yeah. Work that way. Right. It doesn't work that way until we start unpacking the baggage in our present. Mm -hmm. Till we start saying, you know what? You don't belong to me anymore, but I got to talk to somebody about it. That right. hurt me. And I really never cried about it because I was told not to. Um, mm-hmm. That whooping that I got that one day, it really did a little something to me. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I got uh, talked to in- incorrectly by somebody. They called me out my name. I never really processed that. Um, I did deal with drugs, alcohol, and et cetera. And my family kicked me out. They didn't love on me back to health. All of those things encompass who we become. But mm-hmm. until we get to the root of who, uh, how we were affected by the things that we are dealing with, will mm-hmm. never, or it'll be harder. I, I try not to say never. It becomes mm-hmm harder to get to the healthy future that we're looking and praying for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk about, so a a lot of people feel like there has to be something wrong with you to go to therapy. Like you have to be, you're crazy if you have to go to therapy. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk about that because you, sometimes we experience trauma that we are it's it's in our subconscious or just needing to navigate so i go to therapy uh i go to therapy regularly because i experience so many transitions right Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. promotion at work and more responsibility and Mm -hmm. engaged and getting ready to marry and blended family so there's so many things that in life like Mm -hmm. that Mm-hmm. that we don't realize has an impact on us. So I want to talk about that. And I want you to talk about um, therapy as regular maintenance, kind of like your car, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So talk about that, uh, Felicia, in, 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 in context of the conversation. Absolutely. Well, I'll start off like this. And, and you hit on some really good, uh, good, good content there. Um, there is one theory that talks about loss and change and the steps that we go through. The thing about loss and change is, is that it's not just loss. Mm-hmm. You ex- you just said, I've gone through a promotion, engagement, you know, family blending, those kinds of things. Those are happy occasions. Yeah. But it's change that mm-hmm. can lead us to depression and bargaining and going through episodes and these ebbs and flows that you never expect, just like loss can. Mm-hmm. 
And so what uh, Keebler-Ross, I believe, is the psychologist that actually developed the, the cycle, the life cycle of this. And what she said was, is that we have to be willing to understand that with loss and change, there is something that we have to do by sitting back and going through the process of it. There's some anger with it. There's some depression with it. There's some conflict internally with it. Mm-hmm. There's some happiness. There are some things that we're going to go through before we just say, I, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when I had gone through three significant changes at one time, they were the hardest things I went through in my life um, at the same time. And it was like, wow, God, what is this? And I, I threw myself back in therapy. Why? Because I knew that if I didn't, I was going to fall short for my child. I was going to fall short for me. And I might find myself back in the space with the enemy toying with my mind that unliving myself was the right thing to do again. Mm. Because when we get so heavy, so convoluted, guess what he does? He uses our old tricks or our old tactics or the things that he knew comforted us. What people don't realize about suicide is that suicide is no different than someone who overeats for comfort, Mm. someone who shops for comfort, someone who uses alcohol to deaden the pain, Mm. someone who cuts to deaden the pain. Suicide is just a reaction to hurt. And what people don't realize is that we need those persons that deal with it. We need outlets. We need someone who will hear us, mm-hmm. not look at us strangely, but who will hear things that are paining us so that we're able to say, yeah, maybe they can change our perspective on it. Mm-hmm. That's what therapy does. It changes your perspective on it. Mm-hmm. Or again, it gives you opportunity to cope. Okay. You need to jot down some thoughts. You need to write down some journaling, you know, journal some of your thoughts and your ideas mm-hmm. so that they become again, the toxins that you're just recycling in your mind. And then you start playing that recorder over and over. Mm-hmm. Um, then it goes back to the maintenance. And I love that too. Yes. I believe in may, uh, therapy as maintenance. Um, so you, Going back to or going back to your your statement, yes, you can be going through good times, good things going on in your life, and that's the change. And therapy can help you just relieve yourself of the anxiety that the change is bringing. Then you go to therapy because you're not happy, you're you're upset. But both moments do not make you crazy. Mm-hmm. You just need somebody to talk to that ain't gonna judge you. That's and good. That's what a therapist does. That's um, good. I think that. Um, when you go for maintenance, even, especially as ministers or people that have a lot of mentors or, or mentees rather, or people that are constantly giving out. And even though they're getting in through the word, they're getting in through other things. It's always good for them to make sure they're checking their mental barometer. That's great. And when they sit with those people, sometimes they can be like, you know, you you you're not in a good space, right? Mm-hmm. You're just taking what life is throwing at you, and you're just moving because mm-hmm. what so many of us as leaders do we're on autopilot. Yeah. So what that moment can do, it can recalibrate us, if you will, because now we're again we're able to get those emotions, those thoughts. We can't talk about somebody's business to right. anybody else, mm-hmm. and we may or may not share it with the, with, with, you know, we wouldn't do it with a therapist, but we can at least get principles out mm-hmm. so that we say, I'm dealing with this and it mm-hmm. hurts. I yeah. just had to 
bury a newborn baby and it hurts. I just had to bury uh, my oldest member and it hurts. I had to bury my, my, my family member and it hurts. Mm -hmm. I had to be there in the hospital Mm -hmm. room with someone and it hurts. Mm -hmm. These things are hurting me, but you can't go to your congregations. You can't go to Mm -hmm. uh, some of the people there with you. Why? Because Mm -hmm. they think you're just supposed to go through it. Right. Go to Jesus, pray about it. Absolutely. I went to God and I'm letting it out. Why? Because he said, cast your cares on me. And he cares for, you know, cast your cares. And I've cared. I've I've gone to the altar and my heart is altered. And now it's altered toward therapy. So I can get some more of it out. So I can get, well, I can take some more of y'all in. Right. (laughs) Because y'all keep talking to me. Now I got to, I got to get my stuff out too. So (laughs) It's a matter of heart and it's a matter of mind. Absolutely. I think that um, I can't remember the author, but there's a Greek word rather that um, talks about the Sosa, the S-O-Z-O, sorry, sign language, uh, the S-O-Z-O. And it talks about the mind, body and spirit. Mm -hmm. And what we don't understand is that sometimes, especially as believers, we try to focus on the spirit part, uh, forgetting that there's a mind part that Mm -hmm. follows the spirit and Mm -hmm. there's a a body part that Mm -hmm. follows the mind. Mm -hmm. any of those are out of alignment, guess what? That's when we start making decisions of mm-hmm. overeating or sh- over shopping or unliving ourselves or doing things that are detrimental to us mm-hmm. instead of finding healthier ways to cope with what has happened. That's good stuff. I want to talk about, uh, you talked about uh, briefly, and I want to talk about a little more, uh, the signs, the mm-hmm. signs, the signs around us that someone may be self-harming or may be on the verge of suicide. You talked about giving away valuable things. Mm -hmm. What are other signs that we can look for in our community, in our circles, in our family um, to recognize where there may be an opportunity for us to help reach out, be that touch, direct someone to resources? Yeah, yeah. Excessive crying, excessive mm-hmm. sadness. Mm-hmm. Um, three days of being sad, that's what we go through. That's living, right? Mm-hmm. But if those three days turn to six days and those six days turn to more days, ask that person, hey, are you okay? And don't be afraid to ask them, are you feeling uh, suicidal or are you feeling like taking your life? Are you feeling like uh, you no longer want to live? Be open and honest about asking those questions because they may not be open and honest with you mm-hmm. about saying it because they feel ashamed. So going ahead and asking those questions, therefore, they'll be like, actually, I am. And then you're able to turn them over to the resources that you have. Mm-hmm. Um some of the resources or some of the things also to look out for Um, people that are overly happy one day and then they go to sadness Mm. or they've hit sadness so long and then suddenly they're up. So we have to look at um, abuse of drug and alcohol, but also that's somebody who says I'm down too much, but ending, ending my life is, is, is what's going to satisfy me. So now that I'm in the space of realizing this is what I want to do, I'm happy again. Mm. So it's almost like that last burst of happiness. So look for those things. And again, don't be afraid to ask those questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm think, I think about it with um, 
I think about it with Paul and Silas when they were in the jail and the jailer, you know, with the earthquake happened and all the prisoners um, got loose from the jail, but they didn't go nowhere. But the jailer mm-hmm. didn't go there yet. And <laughs> he was like, oh, no, I'm going to be in trouble. And he got ready to take his life. But because um, Paul yells out, stop, mm-hmm. what did the jailer do? He stopped. And he was able to get his attention. Why? What we have to do in uh, some yeah. that are um, dealing with anybody that may be dealing with mental health episodes is we need to say, stop. I'm here. And that's mm-hmm. what he told the jailer. We're here, mm-hmm. you know, and we're here. We've gone nowhere. And that's what we have to do and communicate to people that are in pain. Stop. Mm-hmm. We're here. And yeah. we're not going anywhere until we see that you get the help that you want and that you need so desperately. That's wonderful. Is that is that text in particular, one of the texts that you use in your thesis? It absolutely is. That's it good. absolutely is. That's yes, good. ma'am. Because I don't think we even, we don't even talk about that part of the text. We usually talk about the part where the bands was loose and everybody was praising. Yeah, (laughs) but no, there's a whole nother part of that story that we don't that we don't think about. And then I'm going to also. No, that's that we'll hold that one. (laughs) That story is not important to this conversation right now. We'll have it over to you then. (laughs) <laughs> yes, yeah. And I want to also add, uh, while the 988 is scrolling and we're so, it was such a beautiful thing that that number was released, like 911, that was just released within the last couple of months. Uh, we also have, that's 988, and that is the lifeline, te- uh, that's actually the lifeline, like a 911. Mm-hmm. The text line is actually 741 741. And if you text BRAVE, B-R-A-V to 741-741, you will get a live person that actually texts with you. A counselor will interact with you. Uh, So many young people now will not um, just go forthright and actually converse. They won't do it. Why? Because they're uncomfortable, shame, guilt, and just don't want to talk to voice to voice. But the young people will text themselves to crazy, right? Mm -hmm. And, and some adults as well. So that's open to all people. And what that does is it lets them get it out. Once again, it's about getting out. You have a live person. It's not a robocall. You have somebody that is actually interacting with your situation that has been trained to be there for you. 988 is still a good resource. That's the suicide crisis lifeline. Um I love that it is the lifeline because again, you're you, that's your line for your life. Go get it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like calling 911 for the paramedics, the cops, or the fire department. Mm-hmm. And someone will be live on the other end for you, waiting just to hear you, just to be there for you. That's amazing. And yes. what other what other uh, resources would you, uh, and I know you have some on your website as well, mm-hmm. but what are great resources for people to Take advantage of uh, that in particular, the texting brave 988 Mm -hmm. um, in extreme emergencies. Um, But what other resources do you recommend, especially for uh, people of color um, Mm -hmm. in our community? Yes, ma'am. I would suggest one of them is the Adamus board. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have 
They have a lot of resources that you can get with, uh, in addition to NAMI, that's the mental health organization. Both are mental health organizations here in Dayton and any city or state that you're in has organizations that you can become affiliated with. Um, ask questions to, um, I would say, use your EPA lines if you have those at your employers. Um, usually those are anonymous for so many services mm-hmm. if you can just want to get it out. If you're afraid of that, again, you have your 741, 741, you have your 988. Find a friend that you can confide in. Find a sister, find a brother, find someone that you can trust. Pray about it and be like, God, send me somebody that I can trust that's not that's going to hold confidence with me. Mm-hmm. And allow God to do that for you. Do not ever feel like you're in this life alone mm-hmm. because not. That's what I had to learn through this process and through so many of uh, my most recent um, experiences is that we're not in this life alone unless we want to be. Yeah. Holy Spirit is with us. Yes, but he also, not but, and he also puts people in place as yes. his hands and feet and his mouthpiece and his ears. And they are there for us to be able to lean on. Um, I love it where the Bible talks about God is love. And mm-hmm. if God is love, that means that he's put love inside of somebody. Mm-hmm. To be able to receive us just as we are without judgment. That's great. Love on us back to health. We mm-hmm. just have to trust. We just have to trust. And I know it's hard for so many people, but mm-hmm. we have to trust that somebody is out there that is not going to take advantage of us, whether it be in a power trip and authority or a power trip and in taking our information and spreading it. But we have to find that person, even if it's just one that we were willing to talk about and be honest with so that we can uh, get the change that we need. Um, some more resources are, I have a list of them. I don't mind sharing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, on the website, as well as what I do for my friends, I actually keep a list of therapists. I just keep a list of therapists. And whenever, whenever someone asks me, here you go. And the thing about therapists, my brothers and sisters that are listening is that I consider therapists like shoes. All right. When you're wearing a pair of shoes that don't fit, what do you do? You take them off, Mm -hmm. right? You don't wear them again. Mm -hmm. What do you do with a pair of shoes that feel good? You put them on and you wear them again. A therapist that doesn't fit with you, take them off and try again. Mm -hmm. Don't discredit the process of therapy because the therapist was not for you. Not a good fit, right? Not a good fit. Take it off. Go to another provider. There is absolutely somebody out there for you. There's Christian therapists. There's regular ther- uh, regular therapists. Uh, there's people, the Christian counseling. There are people all over that that can fit your needs. But mm-hmm. you have to be willing to let your needs be fit and be That's met. Um, talk about the vulnerability of sharing your testimony and the vulnerability period of being able to be open with someone about your issues and yeah, and that 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 is that and that challenge in and of itself. Yes, well, <laughs> for those that don't know, and I'm sure most of you don't. Um, the first time that I was vulnerable with my story was actually on the Facebook and mm, God, y'all, God. Know, y'all know that she said the Facebook cause she oh. don't really. <laughs> cause I ain't on young like for that. Felicia. Girl, <laughs> you shared your story on Facebook and what happened? And what happened was the Holy spirit was like, go show the people what I love you. The movement is. And I'm like, okay. I can do that. 
but it took some time. Like, I mean, he really had to coax me into it because mm -hmm. I'm like, first of all, I'm showing the book. Like, like, what does this mean? So right. anyway, I'm talking about it and I'm leading into it and I'm sharing my testimony. Normally when I talk about suicide in Sunday school, church, uh, any type of ministry moment, anything, I always say, I know somebody that dealt with suicide. Wow. You disassociated yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Why? Because what did they tell me back in the day? I'm going to hell. So it yeah, wasn't a right. testimony. Mm. It wasn't something that I could freely share. Why? Because it was demonic. Jesus. It was something that uh, that wasn't worthy of uh, testifying to because um, God could not cover it with his blood. Mm. So uh, so when I'm sharing this testimony and at the mid in the middle of this nine minutes. So that's how y'all know I don't use the Facebook correctly because my, my this whole thing was nine minutes long. <laughs> and so, yeah, nine minutes. <laughs> and so I'm sharing and I go, um, yes, and I'm about to lie and I'm about to say and I know somebody and the Holy Spirit says, tell them it was you. Mm -hmm. And in my eyes, I'm starting to well at that part because I'm right. like, I have a split second to honor God in obedience Ooh. or disobey because someone's opinion. Mm. So I can follow God in obedience or I can disobey because of someone's opinion of me, wow. of what they might feel, what they might see now, because, oh, you're anointed. This is what I hear. You're anointed. Mm. You're gifted. You're this and you're that. And I'm like, but if I tell these people I dealt with suicide, what are they going to think? Because right. I'm supposed to go to hell. Like, right. You know right. So, but the Holy Spirit said, I got you. Mm. So I shared it. And I'm telling you, that's when the vulnerability chains broke off. That's when the chains broke off. That's when it didn't have me anymore. Like that was the last time that I dealt with it because I will not lie to you. There mm -hmm. was times even before I shared that testimony and in between 2020, mm -hmm. I did deal with it and I did mm -hmm. consider it. I ain't gonna lie. Mm -hmm. Suicidal ideation is a part of you. That's why I say every day you wake up just like uh, someone who uh, is an alcoholic or is mm -hmm. a narcotic. Uh, are, are narcotics anonymous they mm -hmm. go every day having to decide not to drink not to mm -hmm. smoke not to snort guess what i have to wake up every day deciding not to take my own life to live that's good so we have to understand that there's victory there's survivorship in this thing mm -hmm. but we have to be willing to be honest to be vulnerable and it was in that moment that the chains broke off but it was because i was willing to follow god mm -hmm. and be vulnerable and mm -hmm. Being vulnerable with people, family, will allow those chains to be broken off of you. Yes. If you have the ideation, if you have the sense of uh, writing a letter, if you have the sense of I'm going to take these pills or I'm going to take this gun, if you have the ideation of any of that, you need to talk to somebody, period. Mm -hmm. Don't think that you can do this thing by yourself. Mm -hmm. And you're not alone. I'll talk to you. D will talk to you. You got people that are in your corner that mm -hmm. will love you through this. And that's the thing. So mm -hmm. many of us, that we will not be loved because of it, the shame and the guilt. But um, I think about Judas. I think about Judas with this. Um, Judas took his life, right? Because right. he turned on Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. But he gave the money back, right? Mm. But what killed him was his guilt and shame. Yeah. He gave the money back. He was like, uh-uh, no, I didn't mean to do that. I'm sorry. His sorry was received, quite possibly. Because mm -hmm. he says, as far as your sins are from the east to the west, I'll re remember them no more. So it's quite mm. possible that the sin was forgiven, but his guilt and shame killed him. Wow. 
And so what we have to understand is that somebody is there to love you back to health. Whatever yes. you've been through, somebody is there to love you through the pain that you're going through, the unrest that you feel, the unsettling of your spirit that you are walking with and the wrestling that you're going through. Because again, you don't wrestle against flesh and blood. There's right. something that is fighting against you from living. Why? Because there's something inside of you that wants to live. That's good. <laughs> That's excellent. Excellent. Oh, we could talk all day. Honestly, I could talk to you all day. You already know that. Oh, yeah. Um, but I want to, I want to, uh, I want to allow you an opportunity. And I think you just killed it. You just smashed it just now. But um, I want, I want you to give final encouragement and final words and anything that you feel that's on your heart to share regarding mental health in our community, uh, suicide ideation and attempts. I want you to share your heart concerning it and the, can people overcome it? That's my ultimate question. Yes, ma'am. Um, <clears throat> I'm reminded of a hymn for your aunt, for the answer to your question. Walk in the lights, beautiful lights, come where the dew drops of mercy are bright. Um, what that says to me is that there is a light that is pulling you out of your darkness, mm. but you have to be willing to walk towards it. There is new mercies every morning, but you have to be willing to walk towards it. You have to be willing not to see that it's there, but to walk even, if, even though you don't see it. You have to be willing to come and allow God to pull you out of that, even if you don't see it. Just go. Mm. There is a light on the other side. Just come go um the mercies are there for you your spirit is not condemned to hell um I'm, I'm going to leave you with this story. The, 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 um, the thieves on the cross, one of them at his dying day, he said, mm. Lord, forgive me. And what did he say? You will meet me in paradise. It doesn't matter what you did in your past to try to take your life. It doesn't mean anything to anybody, but God, that you repent and that you come back. He said on his dying, on his deathbed, God, remember me. Mm. And what did Jesus say to him? This you, guy me in paradise on this day. Mm -hmm. What does that say to us today, my brothers and sisters, is that the light that is inside of you come. There's a light waiting for you. Go towards it. And there all you've got to do is say, God, remember me. And I promise you, he's waiting there to remember you. He's saying, I don't care what you've done in your past. I don't care how many attempts you've had. I don't care how many times you've cut yourself. I don't care how many times you've starved yourself. I don't care how many times you bulimic yourself. I don't care how many times you drugged yourself. I don't care. If you're asking me to remember you, God says, I will remember you. Mm -hmm. That means you're important to him. Come to him. Don't feel like you're alone. Don't feel like you're in this thing by yourself. My brothers and sisters, come to him. Mm -hmm. Let him show you the dew of the morning. Let him walk beside you. Let him show you what mercy feels like. Let him show you what love, true love looks like. Most of the time we're looking for it in all the wrong places, which is why it's all jacked up on the inside of us anyway. Mm -hmm. He said, let me show you the true power of love so that when some of your brothers and your sisters in Christ and in kingdom and community are loving on you, you'll know and you'll know how to feel and receive that's how the light is reignited within you. So many of us, because I was one, thought because I tried to unlive myself, God didn't want to use me anymore. But I was like that thief on the cross that said, God, remember me. And he said, okay, I will. 
but I'm going to remember you here on earth. Mm -hmm. I got one you to do. And my brothers and sisters, as long as there's breath inside of you, as long as there's life inside of you, just because your light tried to get dim, just because your light got dim, doesn't mean that your light can't be rekindled. Doesn't mean that God is done with you. Doesn't mean that God is not, is, 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 is thrown his hands up at you. His hands are extended for you. And he's saying, just come towards me. If you are burdened and heavy laden, he said, I'll give you rest, but it's going to be the rest that your soul needs so that you can recuperate, recharge, become refreshed, and then be rekindled for the purpose that you have. It's on the inside of you and it's going to come out of you. You just have to believe it. You have to want it. And we're here to help you get it. And we celebrate your survivorship and victory in advance. That's all I got, sis. Wonderful. The invitation has been given. Ah. Pastor Felicia just took his hand. Thank you so much. Thank you for your honesty, your transparency, your vulnerability, and sharing your story. uh, Because those of us that are, and this is no brag, those of us that are in ministry and in public forums and Mm -hmm. are gifted and talented, we are, we suffer a lot. Yes. Pointing to this. And that is not to say that is not to say if you're not, you don't, because people Mm -hmm. do. Life is life. Mm -hmm. Life be life in, you hear me? And so with that being said, said, uh, there are resources, there are people, there are there there are uh, all kinds of all kinds of institutions, organizations that are here to help. And Felicia, I thank God for the work that he's doing through you. Bless you. To God and, no God. <laughs> no God. That's her. That's her statement. No God. No God. And you haven't. You haven't even begun to see all that He's going to do through you. So I just appreciate you for being a willing vessel um, to be to be everything that it is that God wants you to be. And I appreciate you. And I love you. And um, you are always welcome on Queen Conversations. You hear me? Come back. Come back. Thank you. Thank you. And thank thank you. you. Thank you, thank you. And I love you. And uh, you will be back. All right. Go, God. Yay. (laughs) Hang in there for me. All right. Yes, ma'am. All right, y'all. Listen. Oh, my heart. My heart is is really full uh, because I think this is a topic that needs to be discussed, needs to be more open. We need to have these conversations in our faith communities, in our homes in schools, everywhere. And so this is so critical to me. Those of you that are struggling, reach out, literally reach out, reach out to me and I'll connect you with uh, the I Love You movement and some of the resources that uh, Pastor Felicia has. So please, please, please tap in, tap in y'all. And like I say, every queen that comes on this show is doing the work. I always say, if you're living for yourself, you are not living at all. It is about the impact that we can make to others. Continue to make it, y'all. Continue to be the light. All right. Until next time. And next time is going to be a good time because we, this is October. So we're talking about domestic violence awareness. We're talking about breast cancer awareness. It's all about the ladies. And I want to make sure that we have what we need to live well. All right. So until next time, y'all. I love y'all. I love y'all. I'm out. Ladies, let's join in, join in my life, faith and beauty, and so much more.